Section 24 of Library of the World's Best Literature, Ancient and Modern, Volume 13. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Rita Boutros. Library of the World's Best Literature, Ancient and Modern, Volume 13, Section 24. Egyptian Poetry, Part 1. Translations by Francis Llewellyn Griffith and Kate Bradbury Griffith. Songs of Laborers. The Reapers represented cutting corn in the tomb of Peheri, 18th dynasty, are supposed to be chanting a little song, the words of which are engraved above their figures. Such songs are very common among the Felahin of the present day, who thus mark time for their work in the fields or on the river. This song is introduced by a phrase which seems to speak of it as being an answering chant, and this perhaps gives us the technical Egyptian term for antiphonal singing. In answering chant they say, This is a good day, to the land come out, the north wind is out. The sky works according to our heart. Let us work, binding firm our heart. The following transcription of the original Egyptian may give some idea of the assonances of words and ordered repetitions which marked the poetical style. The main repetitions are here italicized. Chenenusheb zetsen, Rupen nefer, peremta. Tamet perta, tapet her art anaben, beken mert aben. In the same tomb there is another song, already well known, but less noticeable in form than the above. It is sung to the oxen on the threshing floor. Thresh for yourselves, thresh for yourselves, thresh for yourselves, thresh for yourselves, straw to eat, corn for your masters let not your hearts be weary your lord is pleased translation of francis llewellyn griffith love songs some of the prettiest egyptian poetry is contained in a papyrus of the eighteenth dynasty at the british museum the verses are written in hieratic and are extremely difficult to translate but their beauty is apparent to the translator even when he cannot fix the sense a new edition of these and other poems of a kindred nature is being prepared by professor w max muller of philadelphia who kindly permits us to make some extracts from the advance sheets of his publication the songs are collected in small groups generally entitled songs of entertainment the lover and his mistress call each other brother and sister. In one song the girl addresses her lover in successive stanzas, under the names of different plants in a garden, and plays on these names. Others are as follows. Love Sickness I will lie down within. Behold, I am sick with wrongs. Then my neighbors come in to visit me. This sister of mine cometh with them. She will make a laughing stock of the physicians. She knoweth mine illness. The Lucky Doorkeeper 
the villa of my sister hath its gates in the midst of the estate so often as its doors are opened so often as the bolt is withdrawn my beloved is angry if i were set as the gatekeeper i should cause her to chide me then should i hear her voice when she is angry a child before her love's doubts my brother hath come forth from mine house he careth not for my love my heart standeth still within me behold honeyed cakes in my mouth they are turned into salt even must that sweet thing in my mouth is as the gall of a bird the breath of thy nostrils alone is that which maketh my heart live i found thee amen grant thee unto me eternally and forever the unsuccessful bird catcher the voice of the wild goose crieth for she hath taken her bait but thy love restraineth me i cannot loose it so i must gather my net together what then shall i say to my mother to whom i come daily laden with wild fowl i have not laid my net to-day for thy love hath seized me translation of w max muller hymn to usertesen the third this hymn is the most remarkable example of egyptian poetry known to us it was found by mr petrie near the pyramid and temple of usertesen the second in the town which was founded there for the accommodation of the workmen employed upon these buildings and for the priestly staff who performed the services for the dead pharaoh in his chapel the hymn is addressed to the son and successor of that king to usertesen the third an active and warlike prince who as the poet also testifies used his power for the benefit of his country and the pious support of its institutions it is a marvel that the delicate papyrus on which the hem is written should have been preserved for nearly five thousand years it has not however resisted the attacks of time without suffering injury and the lacunae together with the peculiar language employed by the scribe are baffling to the decipherer four stanzas only can be read with comparative completeness and certainty the parallelism of the sentences the rhythm the balancing of the lines of verse and the pause in each recall the style of the hebrew psalms the choice of metaphors too is in a similar direction unfortunately our limited knowledge of the ancient language does not permit us to analyze closely the structure of the verses nor to attempt any scansion of them the radicals only of egyptian words are known to us of the pronunciation of the language at the time of the twelfth dynasty we are entirely ignorant one homage to thee kakora our horus divine of beings safeguarding the land and widening its boundaries restraining the foreign nations by his kingly crown enclosing the two lands within the compass of his arms seizing the nations in his grip 
slaying the petty without stroke of the club, shooting an arrow without drawing the bowstring. Dread of him hath smitten the Anu in their plain. His terror hath slain the nine races of men. His warrant hath caused the death of thousands of the petty, who had reached his frontier. Shooting the arrow as doth Sekemt, he overthroweth thousands of those who knew not his mighty spirit. The tongue of his majesty bindeth Nubia in fetters, his utterances put to flight the Setiu. Soul one of youthful vigor guarding his frontier, suffering not his subjects to faint, but causing the pat to repose unto full daylight. As to his timid youth in their slumbers, his heart is their protection. His decrees have formed his boundaries, his word hath armored the two regions. 2. Twice jubilant are the gods, thou hast established their offerings. Twice jubilant are thy children, thou hast made their boundaries. Twice jubilant are thy forefathers, thou hast increased their portions. Twice jubilant is Egypt in thy strong arm, thou hast guarded the ancient order. Twice jubilant are the pat in thine administration, thy mighty spirit hath taken upon itself their provisionment. Twice jubilant are the two regions in thy valor, thou hast widened their possessions. Twice jubilant are thy paid young troops, thou hast made them to prosper. Twice jubilant are thy veterans, thou hast made them to renew their youth. Twice jubilant are the two lands in thy might, thou hast guarded their walls. Twice jubilant be thou, O Horus, who hast widened his boundary. Thou art from everlasting to everlasting. 3. Twice great is the lord of his city, above a million arms, as for other rulers of men, they are but common folk. Twice great is the lord of his city, he is as it were a dyke, damming the stream in its water flood. Twice great is the lord of his city, he is as it were a cool lodge, letting every man repose until full daylight. Twice great is the lord of his city, he is as it were a bulwark, with walls built of the sharp stones of Kesem. Twice great is the lord of his city, he is as it were a place of refuge, excluding the marauder. Twice great is the lord of his city, he is as it were an asylum, shielding the terrified from his foe. Twice great is the lord of his city, he is as it were a shade, the cool vegetation of the flood time in the season of harvest. Twice great is the lord of his city, he is as it were a corner, warm and dry in time of winter. Twice great is the lord of his city, he is as it were a rock, barring the blast in time of tempest. Twice great is the lord of his city, he is as it were second to foes who tread upon his boundary. 4. He hath come to us that he may take the land of the south country, the double crown hath been placed upon his head, 
he hath come he hath united the two lands he hath joined the reed to the hornet he hath come he hath ruled the people of the black land he hath placed the red land in his power he hath come he hath protected the two lands he hath tranquilized the two regions he hath come he hath made the people of egypt to live he hath destroyed its afflictions he hath come he hath made the pot to live he hath opened the throat of the wreckage he hath come he hath trampled on the nations he hath smitten the anu who knew not his terror he hath come, he hath secured his frontier, he hath delivered him who was stolen away. He hath come, he granteth reward in old age by what his mighty arm bringeth to us. He hath come, we nurture our children, we bury our aged ones by his good favor. Translation of Francis Llewellyn Griffith Hymn to the Otten the following hymn, addressed by King Akhenaten, B.C. 1450, to his one God, the visible Sun itself, was perhaps originally written in ten-line stanzas, like the hymn to Osirtesen III, but the known texts of it are all too mutilated and uncertain for us to attempt any thorough restoration of the composition at present a good edition of the hymn has been published by professor breasted of chicago and his text is here followed king akhenaten was one of the most original minds known to us in egyptian history his bringing up was probably far more favorable to awakening powers of thought than was usually the case with the pharaohs through his mother queen t he had been in close contact with the religions of Mesopotamia, perhaps even with Israelite monotheism. Suddenly he cast off the traditions of his own country and all its multitudinous deities of heaven, earth, and the underworld, and devoted himself to the worship of one God, visible and exalted, before whom all else seemed either petty, gross, or unreal. His motto, as Professor Petrie has remarked, was, Living in truth, and according to his lights he lived up to it. Fervently he adored his God, and we may well believe that the words of this hem are those which flowed from his own heart as he contemplated the mighty and beneficent power of the sun. This heretical doctrine roused the passions of the Orthodox, who, triumphing over Akhenaten's reform, condemned his monuments to systematic destruction. Beautiful is thy resplendent appearing on the horizon of heaven, O living Aten, thou who art the beginning of life. When thou ascendest in the eastern horizon, thou fillest every land with thy beauties. Thou art fair and great, radiant, high above the earth. Thy beams encompass the lands to the sum of all that thou hast created. Thou art the sun, thou catchest them according to their sum. Thou subduest them with thy love. Though thou art afar, thy beams are on the earth. Thou art in the sky, 
and day followeth thy steps. When thou settest on the western horizon of heaven, the land is in darkness like unto death, they sleep in their chambers, their heads are covered, their nostrils are closed, the eye seeth not his fellow. All their goods are stolen from under their heads, and they know it not. Every lion cometh forth out of its cave, all creeping things bite. The earth is silent, and he that made them resteth on his horizon. At dawn of day thou risest on the horizon, and shinest as Aten by day. Darkness flees, thou givest forth thy rays. The two lands are in festival day by day. They wake and stand upon their feet, for thou hast raised them up. Their limbs are purified, they clothe themselves with their garments. Their hands are uplifted in adoration at thy rising. The whole land goeth about its several labors. Flocks rest in their pastures, trees and plants grow green. Birds fly forth from their nests, their wings are adoring thy ka. All flocks leap upon their feet, all flying things and all hovering things, they live when thou risest upon them. Ships pass downstream and pass upstream likewise, every way is open at thy rising. The fishes on the river leap up before thee, thy rays are within the great waters. It is thou who causest women to be fruitful, men to beget. Thou quickenest the child in its mother's womb, thou soothest it that it cry not. Thou dost nurture it within its mother's womb. Thou givest breath to give life to all its functions. It cometh forth from the womb upon the day of its birth. Thou openest its mouth that it may speak, thou providest for its wants. When there is a chick within an egg, cheeping as it were within a stone, thou givest it breath therein to cause thy handiwork to live. It is full formed when it breaketh through the shell, it cometh out of the egg when it cheepeth, and is full formed. It runneth on its feet when it cometh out thence. How manifold are thy works, O one God who hast no fellow! Thou createst the earth according to thy will, when thou wast alone, its people, its herds, and all flocks, all that is upon earth going upon feet, all that is on high and flieth with wings, the countries of Syria, of Ethiopia, of Egypt. Thou settest each person in his place, thou providest for their wants, each one his circumstances and the duration of his life, tongues distinct in their speech, their kinds according to their complexions. O distinguisher, who distinguishest the races of mankind! Thou makest the Nile in the deep, thou bringest it at thy pleasure, that it may give life to men, even as thou hast made them for thyself. O Lord of them all, who art outwearied for them! O Lord of earth, who risest for them, O Aten of day, that awest all distant countries, thou makest their life. Thou placest the Nile in heaven, that it may descend to them, that it may rise in waves upon the rocks like the sea, watering their fields in their villages. 
How excellent are thy ways, O Lord of eternity! A Nile in heaven poureth down for nations, for all manner of animals that walk upon feet. But the Nile cometh from the deep to the land of Egypt. Thy rays nourish every field. Thou risest, and they live for thee. Thou makest the seasons to bring into existence all that thou hast made, the winter season to refresh them, the heat to warm them. Thou madest the heaven afar off, that thou mightest rise therein, that thou mightest see all that thou didst make when thou wast alone, when thou risest in thy form as the living Aten, splendid, radiant, afar, beauteous, Thou createst all things by thyself, cities, villages, camps, by whatsoever river they be watered, every eye beholdeth thee before it. Thou art the Aten of day above the earth. Thou art in my heart, there is none other that knoweth thee but thy son, fairest of the forms of Ra, the only one of Ra. Thou causest him to be exercised in thy methods and in thy might. The whole earth is in thy hand, even as thou hast made them. At thy rising all live, at thy setting they die. Translation of Francis Llewellyn Griffith End of section 24